If you'll stand with us uh, to the book of Daniel, chapter 9, and uh, I'm going to preach a few minutes tonight and let you go home, but uh, it's been such a great day in the Lord's house, and we just appreciate what God has done. It's been a great year thus far, and greater days ahead, soon coming. I know the Lord's going to do great things. We want to pray for the revival meeting, continue to pray for the revival meeting, and just prepare your heart, amen, this week. Ask God to do something in your heart. And get ready before the meeting gets here. That's what I would urge you to do and urge myself to do is let's prepare a heart and let's pray for the man of God. No preacher can bring revival, but we can pray together and pray for him. That God will make it easy for him, give him the right messages and the right spirit be on the, on the meeting. So let's pray that the Lord would, uh, would have his will and way. Daniel chapter number 9 tonight, and uh, we're not going to read all of this text, but uh, just for the sake of time, we'll read in verse number 15. The Bible says, And now, O Lord our God, thou hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and hast gotten thee renowned, as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquity of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplication and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for, thy, for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear and hear and open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for, the, for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake, O my God. For thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Father, thank you once again for the word of God. Thank you for the good testimonies that we have heard tonight. And I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to pick up where I left off this morning. I don't want to take any time to repeat anything that I said this morning. But when we come to verse number 5 here, uh, Daniel has uh, talked about the setting of his prayer, the sins of his prayer, and how that in the sins of his prayer he mentions in verse number 5 that they have departed from the word of God. And then in verse number 9 he talks about how that they have disobeyed the word of God. That's where we left off. The, he says, though we have rebelled against thee. But another sin that they had committed concerning them as a nation in verse number 10 is that they disregarded the word of God. As he said, says in verse number 10, he says, Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us by his servant and the prophets. Yea, all Israel has transgressed thy law even by departing that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured out upon us and the oath which is written in the law of Moses. Notice this, the servant of God, because we have sinned against thee. And so the sin of this prayer uh, that uh, Daniel mentions here is that they have have departed from the word, they have uh, disobeyed the word, and they have disregarded the word. And friend, the steps of that process may not be in the right order as far as the scriptures is concerned, uh, but that is what happens in the life of so many people. Uh, they begin to disregard the Bible and say, well, I really don't need that verse, or I don't need that sermon, or I don't need that message, or I don't need that church, or I don't need that preacher. And they're disregarding not the preacher, not the church, but the word of God. 
and they, as a result, they disobey, and then finally they depart and they go somewhere else. And so Daniel says that's what has happened uh, to the nation of Israel. And so there's the setting of this prayer, and then there's the sins of this prayer. But Daniel also in this prayer he highlights the sufferings of this prayer, and I think that's important tonight because you and I need to be reminded that whenever God's people quits praying, everybody starts suffering. Amen? I'm telling you, friend, if you want this church to suffer, if I want this church to suffer, then just stop praying for this church. Amen? There's no means of money. There's no means of talent. There's no means of anything else that can ever substitute the place of prayer. Amen? In fact, we can do without every bit of that, but if we'll pray, we can have the presence and the touch of God. If we don't pray, we'll lose that. Amen? And the suffering in this prayer. And Daniel mentions how that they suffered. He said in verse number seven, they've suffered in the fact that they've been disgraced uh, as a nation. Notice what he said, O Lord, righteous, uh, in verse number seven, O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but watch this, but unto us confusion of faces. Amen? In other words, because uh, of their sin and because that as a nation they have not obeyed the word of God, disgrace has come to that nation. Isn't it disgraceful what is happening in America today when sodomites can march down the streets uh, and have their so-called gay parades uh, and whenever, listen, men can marry men and women can marry women uh, and listen, nobody knows which bathroom to go to uh, and nobody wants to say anything about that. Uh, Well, God uh, is sickened by that. But as I said this morning, he's more sickened because we, uh, as the people of God, have become complacent and apathetic uh, and you know what the, the you know what our nation has learned uh, that if they'll just cram enough stuff down our throat uh, after a while guess what we may complain about it we may grumble about it uh, but after a while we'll just get used to it uh, well I want to tell you friend there are some things uh, I don't care what society says uh, I don't care how unpopular it may be uh, there are just some things uh, I'm not growing used to amen I still believe a man ought to look like a man I still believe a woman ought to look like a woman. Amen. And listen, if you're a young boy, you ought to have a boy's haircut. And if you're a girl, you ought to be careful you don't get it cut. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, listen, you ought to dress like men and dress like women if that's what you are. And friend, listen, all this cross-dressing and all this sodomite society and clothing, friend, you've got to be real careful in the day that we live in. Jonathan went to eat with me this afternoon and uh, I seen a young man walking down the road. I said, Jonathan, I said, you see that shirt he's got on? He said, yes, sir. I said, don't ever buy a shirt like that right there. Amen. Because it looked like a shirt that a woman ought to be wearing. I'm telling you, friend, listen, that's how warped we are in this society and what a disgrace when pornography is made legal. What a disgrace when marijuana is is wanting to be made legal. What a disgrace uh, uh, friend, when listen, uh, uh, they teach sex education in our public school system uh, and they pass out condoms, uh, uh, but yet they will not let the Bible, uh, uh, the Word of God, and prayer uh, be in our schools. Uh, and they wonder why our children are so, uh, uh, listen, demon possessed and turned to perversion. Uh, it's because what you pump in them is what they will become. Amen. Uh, and young men, you ought to keep your hands off the young ladies. Uh, and young ladies, you ought to keep your hands off the young 
men and you ought to be virgins when you walk down the aisle and you ought to live clean and live pure and don't get around nobody that doesn't want to. Somebody say amen. You see, you can be a friend to people without being a friend with them, amen? And you can reach them with the gospel by being a good godly example, but the disgrace of the nation time would not allow us to go there. And then there's the dispersion of those people. In verse number seven, he said that even the those that are near and those that are far off throughout all the countries, whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass, uh, that they have trespassed against thee because my my friend, uh, uh, that they had sinned, uh, uh, God had scattered the people. And friend, that's the day we're living in uh, uh, when it seems like America is being ate up from without and from within. Uh, uh, when we've got open borders and everything and everybody uh, can come in and bring their false gods and their false religion and their false idols uh, and their theology and their mentality. Hey, I want the world to have the gospel, uh, but I'm for building a wall. Somebody say amen. Uh, I'm for having some border control. I'm having for I'm for some having some separation in this country. Amen. Now it doesn't matter to me who the president is. Fact is, we should have built a wall a long time ago. Amen. And if you're a parent here tonight, you better learn how to build some walls around your children. I'm not talking about isolation, amen? I'm not talking about everybody going to an island somewhere and drinking Kool-Aid, amen? I'm not talking about everybody putting tennis shoes on and looking for a comet, amen? I'm talking about, friend, living clean, living separate, living separate from this world, looking like a Christian, amen? Living like a Christian, having some holiness. You're gonna stand out in this world and people People's going to think you're crazy, but just let them think you're crazy, friend. We as the people of God, if we don't stand together, friend, we will allow sin to separate every one of us. And it sure has in this day and time. Sin has separated our churches. There was a time in this country when if you got mad at one church and you went down the road to another church, guess what? You just you heard just about the same sermon. Brother, we're not living in that day anymore. Brother, we have a salad barred mentality for the most of the part. And I'm sad to say, but there is a generation, and I don't blame them today, but they really don't know what old time religion is about. I don't want to wear old time religion as a badge this after, afternoon, but I do believe in old time religion. And I had a young man to say to me, kindly sarcastic, he said, well, what is old-time religion? I said, if you hang around it long enough, you'll know what it is if you get a good dose of it, amen? Anybody that's got to ask that question is because they've never had a good dose of it, amen? Old-time religion is sticking with the fundamentals of the faith of the Word of God. It's not in a feeling, and I love a good feeling. It's not in experience, and thank God for an experience. But old-time religion is this old black back book here and it's sticking with the principles and the precepts uh, of this book, amen. I love shouting, but that's not old-time religion and I'm not against shouting, you know that. Uh, but many people shout and don't have old-time religion, amen. Old-time religion uh, is when you come down from the shout, you walk right when it's over with, amen. I'm just simply saying, friend, uh, in these last days, we better stick together, we better stand together uh, for our sake, for our home's sake, for our children's sake, uh, 
to have a good church, there's going to have to be some longevity in church membership. It's going to take a backbone. Friend, listen, but we got to pray for our country. Amen. We got to pray because we are a nation that is very quickly being divided before our very eyes. And the only thing that's going to bring our nation back together is going to be the prayers of the saints and the preaching of the word of God. And he talks about the dispersion. They were suffering as a result of that. Division had set in. Now think about this. When sin gets in a church, that same thing happens. I've watched this church down through the years. It's not an indictment on this church. It's a fact about every church. I've watched this church down through the years and I've seen it and many of you will testify this if you've been here any length of time. Perhaps you've seen it other places. But I've watched there are seasons in a church. There are seasons when we reap and we see people saved. There are seasons when we come in here and it just seems like the winds are blowing every service and we're rejoicing, and we're going through a time of prosperity, and God is blessing. And then I've seen those seasons in the church when it seemed like it was almost winter time, and it seemed like things were really tough, and things were really hard. We were doing everything that we've been doing, but it just seemed like the blessings weren't coming. And then there's those seasons, my friend, and I'm sad to say this, but it's a fact. There are those seasons when sin filters into the church unaware, and there's that undercurrent of sin in the lives of people and you and I may or may not see it we may not know about it but the Holy Ghost knows and because it may not even be a church problem it may be an individual problem but it, my friend it stagnates it hinders uh, uh, the work of God uh, and so the work doesn't go forward it just kind of sits still you say preacher what do you do how do you keep that from happening you keep your sins confessed before God amen the best thing you and I can do this week to help revival next week and to pray for our nation is to keep the line clear. Amen. What I need to do and what you need to do every day this week, Brother Dwayne, is we need to make sure that when we get up tomorrow that we confess our sins to God. We need to make sure on Tuesday that we confess our sins to God. We, when something we do something wrong, when something we know that God told us not to do or told us to do and we disobeyed him, we need to keep a short account with God and keep things right and keep the way clear and pray for our church and pray for our nation. The saddest commentary on any revival is when you come to the last night of the meeting and the sins of the church have not been dealt with. You see, it don't matter how great the sermon was. Used to starting out, I, I thought, well, every sermon's got to be a great sermon. Then I found out I can't preach a great sermon. Y'all have known that for years. But I would think, Lord, I need a, I need a great sermon. Yeah, I don't need a great sermon. You know what? We got a great sermon. This is it. It's already been pinned down. When I preach, the only thing I'm doing is telling you what he's already wrote down. And if it's any good and it helps you, it's just because it's what he said. Amen. 
That's what makes the sermon great uh, because it's the Word, amen. The Word of God is what feeds us. The Word of God is what helps us. I, I quit looking for them great sermons years ago because there's not any great sermons, uh, but there is a great sermon, a great Bible, and the Bible will help us. Uh, but I'm telling you, no matter how good the message may be, no matter how wonderful it may feed our soul, if you and I fail to respond and deal with the message, uh, uh, listen, things will suffer in our church, in our lives, in our homes, and in our community. It's sad. I'm not going to finish this sermon tonight. Man, this is a series. eh? I'm not coming back for number three. If I don't get it tonight, it's over, okay? But you know what? It's sad. This is sad as a pastor. When you preach to people, you know they're drowning. You can see it. And you really want to help them. And they won't let you. It's the hardest thing. Because you're watching them drown in a pew. And you're doing everything that you can to throw them a lifeline. You're shoving it away. They don't want it. And sometimes you just have to let them go. Brother Lady, I don't want that. But it's all you can do sometimes is let them go. And you know that when they go, they're they're doing great damage to their life, to their children, their grandchildren, to their spouse. And for you young people, you may not have any of those, but they're breaking the heart of their parents and their grandparents. And they're walking away and the they're creating scars that should have never, never had to be created. There's a list of names that there's just nothing I can do, but, but I can pray for those people. And Daniel, in this text, he said, I can't turn my nation. He said, I can pray for them. I told my wife one day, I said, you know, you can't change people. You can change circumstances sometimes. But you can't change people. Sad thing is sometimes you can't even change circumstances. But you can always pray for them. I want to tell you tonight, I'm not going to finish this sermon. I don't feel like the Lord wants me to do that. But I want to tell you tonight, that holy man of God, Daniel, 89 and a half years old, on his knees before God. In chapter 9, he's praying He's crying out for his nation. God is doing something in Daniel's heart in chapter 9 while he's praying for his people that he doesn't have any idea until we get to chapter 6. You say, well, preacher, now 6 comes before 9, and I know that. I I graduated from Murray County, but I still know 6 comes before 9. But as I said, the last 6 chapters are in chronological order. The first six are in order, but those prophecies interchange with those events. You go back and you read it. This this prayer was in the first year of the reign of King Darius. And Darius was the one that put Daniel in the lion's den. And I thought about that this week. I thought, here's Daniel. He hadn't faced the lion's den yet in chapter 9. He's praying and he's pouring his heart out to God. He's praying for his nation. And he, in verse 15, he says, 
Now, O Lord of God, thou hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand. You know what he's doing in that verse? He's reminding God of his deliverance. He, he's setting a precedence. Oh God, you did it before. Would you do it again? And then his purpose in verse number 17 is he says, Now, therefore, right now, therefore, O God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplication and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate. I've seen a lot of desolate sanctuaries. They got nice chandeliers and <clears throat> got a pretty pulpit, nice pews, and some of them have a large crowd, but they're desolate of the presence of God, his purpose. And then his plea in verse number 18, he said, Oh, my God, incline thine ear, and hear, open thine eyes, behold our desolation. See, God, he said, the city which is called by thy name, for we do not present our supplication. We, we've quit praying is what he says. He said, but thy, look what he said, verse 18. He said, but for thy great mercies. I'm going to tell you tonight, you can't pray based on merit, but you can pray based on mercy. Well, I'm telling you, you start trying to tell God what you have done, you come up short every time. I'll tell you how you can get them prayers answered. You don't pray based on merit because you'll come up short. But every time I pleaded for mercy, the Bible said they're new every morning. <laughs> Great is thy faithfulness. His compassions fail not. There's something in the heart of God that whenever a saint of God cries for mercy, God comes walking in his valley. He comes walking through his sorrow. I'm telling you, Daniel got so low in this text and He's a pouring his heart out. Do you know what God is doing? And I, the Lord brought this to my mind this week that what God is doing for Daniel, Daniel is pleading his case. He is confessing his sins and he's praying for his nation. But in the midst of all of that, God is doing an unseen work in Daniel's life and heart through prayer that Daniel could not even see. Because just a few days later, the decree comes out about prayer. Daniel started something in chapter 9. He wasn't about to quit in chapter 6. When that decree went out, he just opened the windows and kept on praying. And you know what I think God did for Daniel? The same thing he does for us. He strengthened him in chapter 9 in prayer so that he could face Brother George the lion's den in chapter 6. You see, Daniel went down in that den unshaken. He went down in that den strong. He was praying for his nation, but he didn't know what was around the corner. You see, God strengthens us through prayer. You might be here tonight, you might say, oh, my, my Christian life is weak. Well, how's your prayer life? You just got to work on it. Can I get an amen? amen. It ain't ever going to be perfect. I made them lists and remade them and remade them and remade them and, they, and, they, and you, they never look pretty. But just make them and keep praying. Does that make sense? And I, your prayer life ain't never going to be 
what you want it to be. But that's why it's that way, so that you'll keep on praying. If it ever becomes what you want it to become, then it's not what it ought to be. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm telling you, the urgency to pray is always pressing. The more you pray, you feel the need to even spend more time in prayer. And you see the, the lack of prayer. Daniel is pouring his heart out to God. But while Daniel's pouring his heart out to God, God's pouring some things into Daniel because he says, Daniel, you don't know this, but you're fixing to go down in a den of lions. And so keep on praying, boy. Keep on praying for your nation. Let me put some things in you. As the burden grew, the backbone grew with the burden. As the burden grew, the faith grew with it. Do you know why people are so weak and anemic in faith in these day and time? Because they don't spend time in prayer. If you want to be strong in faith, my friend, read the Bible, but spend time in prayer and let God cultivate the scriptures that are in your heart. I'm saying Daniel was praying and God was getting him ready for the den. I think tonight in every church, the people that don't waver in your church are the people that pray in your church. When your dad passed away, the next morning, I went there and sat down at my desk to do something I can't remember, but I'll tell you what hit me like a hit me like a Mack truck that day was that of everything I would miss of Brother Cape, it would be this. It's his prayer life. The Holy Spirit reminded me. He's not here to pray for you no more. I want to tell you this morning or this evening, that's what we need. Y'all really want to have revival. Would you pray for revival this week? Would you pray for yourself and would you pray for me? And I'll pray for myself. God knows I need prayer. And I'll pray for you. And if we pray together, it's untold what God may do. It's untold what God may heal. It's untold the miracles. You say, well, preacher, what if we, we have a week and nothing happens? You can't think that way when you pray. You're praying defeated before you ever get started. You got to pray with expectation. You got to pray saying, God, I need you to do this this week. And God, I need you to do that. And I mean, you got to write some things down. You got to say, Lord, I need you to fill Brother Green up uh, and run him over. Let him preach like a young man. Let him preach like he's never preached before. And God, don't just give him a message, uh, but give him our message for the week. Uh, give him the message every night that we need. Uh, or better yet, give him the message I need. Uh, give him the message my wife needs, uh, the message my children needs. Uh, Lord, just make it easy for him uh, fill that man with the Holy Ghost from the top of his head to the sole of his feet uh, you get a crowd like this praying for you uh, I promise you you'll preach like you ain't never preached before uh, and then you pray one for another uh, and then you search your heart and say oh God uh, if we don't have revival America has no hope uh, Lord do something in our church uh, do something on our pew uh, do something in our Sunday school classes uh, do something in that choir uh, God light a fire in this place uh, that's not been lit in a long time. Uh, oh God do something for our preacher. Do something for our preacher's wife. Uh, I'm just telling you it works. Uh, it works. Uh, I'll tell you what will happen before you ever get to revival. Uh, God will have already done something in you. Amen. There ain't no priming people that pray. There ain't no pushing them. He wouldn't want me to say this and he hadn't told me this. 
Do you know why you testify four times on Sunday? Because <laughs> you've been praying. Uh, that's true. Am I wrong? That's true. That's true. That's true. You know why you come ready all the time? Because you've been praying. What about me? Daniel could have very easily said, I'm 90 years old. I don't have many days left. And uh, I'll let somebody else deal with the sins of this nation. That ain't what he did. You know what God did for Daniel? If he lets me preach it sometime real soon, maybe next week I'll preach it if it's his will. When he got through praying, God sent an angel down. He said, I want you to tell him about the 70th week. God don't tell people the things that don't pray. Daniel got plugged into heaven. God said, Gabriel, go tell him. Show him that great prophecy. Take Daniel beyond his captivity. Take him beyond the, take him beyond the day. Take him down to the future. See, God shows great things to, to us when we pray. Tonight, I want to challenge you, church. You ought to find a lot of things. You ought to get you a piece of paper and a pen if you hadn't already. You ought to write some things down. You ought to pray for your family. You ought to pray for your church. But you ought to ask God for some things. What are you asking God to do? Ask Him. You know, Miss Pam, you blessed my heart when you gave that testimony. Just that little bit in prayer to come be with Go visiting with Miss Lily. Did that help you? It helped me. Did it help you? You helped two people tonight. Just, you said, why well, it's a little prayer. But it wasn't little to you. You walked in the foyer. The devil said, why well, it's a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. I don't even believe that. I believe in providence. Amen. But I don't believe in coincidence. You know what that is? That's God proving himself. If I can do that for you, what else you need me to do? Amen. That's right. If I can save that granddaughter, <laughs> might have to get her down here. Oh, yeah. You had to go get her. Oh, yeah. She had to hear 31 sermons. Yes, sure. And you had to take her back. Yeah. Now, wouldn't you raise your hand with me tonight, Brother Barnes, and say it was worth every mile? Oh. <laughs> wasn't it worth it? No cost for me. <laughs> it didn't cost me nothing. <laughs> wouldn't you do it all over again? Oh, See her miss the flames of hell. <laughs> Hey, y'all come on down here in the corner. It's real good down here, ain't it? Isn't God good? He's done things for y'all in that school, hasn't he? A number y'all asked him for. I didn't, I personally, it didn't matter to me if they was three or 30. If I was running that school, I'd only want three. <laughs> 30 would drive me nuts. I'd have to smoke at least a joint every day to <laughs> deal with all them. I'm just kidding. I don't smoke marijuana, and you better not neither. Amen. I don't care if they do. Well, you can't use that no more. They're about to legalize it, okay? It's wickedness. It's sin. Give me an amen over here. Okay. I just couldn't handle them. I love you, but ain't that right? Amen. He said amen. You want God answered that prayer for you? I bet there's a lot of prayers God would answer for you over there if we just pray. Amen. Let's all stand tonight as they come and get us a song ready. I tell you, God's blessed Bible Baptist Church down through the years. It's not a money church. 
We don't have no rich people. It's not the most popular church or however you want to put it. But I think this is a praying church. We got to keep it up. How's your prayer life? You praying for your nation? You love America? If men gave their lives, this is what I ask myself. Oh, my old flesh sometimes just don't want to pray. I'm just telling you. It just don't want to pray some days. It gets tired. Sometimes it just tries to get out of it. But if men gave their lives for this country, at least I can pray for it. I can give the time. My brother David sings, if you need to come, you obey the Lord tonight. Sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer that calls me from oh, yes. a world That's a great song. of fear great song. and bids me as oh, yes. my Father's Think about this. All my wants and my wishes. I'll sing it, church, in season. How true. How true. Glory to God. My soul. Haven't you often found relief? Oh, bless his name. <laughs> Off to skate. Don't you thank God we can pray? I'm glad we got an advocate with the Father. I'm glad we got a go-between. I'm glad he said in Hebrews chapter 4, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I'm going to need it tonight. I'm going to need it in the morning. God set the doors wide open. Amen. Bring your burden. Bring your prayer. God said, come talk to me because I've been waiting to talk to you. I like that old song. It stirs me up every time. Every time. Sweet hour prayer. Sweet hour prayer. Just one hour can be sweet. Be the greatest hour of the day. What page is that? Page 71. Let's get a song book. I mean, let's really lift our voice up. Let's sing that old song. Let's worship God. Sweet hour yes. of prayer. Sing it, church. Sweet hour of prayer. Thy wings yes. shall my petition bear. That's right. To him who's true. And righteousness engage the waiting souls to Amen. Think about this. And since he bids me see his face, believe his word and just trust his grace. His grace. Yes, I'll cast I'll on cast him. That's it. On him. Yes. My every, my every care. care. 
That's my Lord, isn't it? For yes. Him, sweet hour Don't you feel the presence of God on that song? If you feel God's presence, would you raise your hand? I want us to sing another verse of that. You know why that is? That's because that's so important to God. That's why we feel His presence right now. That's got heaven's attention. Because we're talking about the most important thing to God and His people. And that's prayer for Him. I feel like shouting right now. <laughs> Woo! I think it'd be okay to shout. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. I say, bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that's with me. Bless His holy name. Woo! The most important thing to God is that you and I tonight, before we go to bed, just take the time to talk to Him. Every time I tell my wife good night, the last person I want to talk to is Him. Amen. You sleep like a baby when you go to sleep talking to Jesus. Let's sing another verse of that. Amen. Sweet hour of prayer, yes. sweet hour of prayer, may I thy consolation share, heal from my business, lofty Amen, sing it. This robe of oh, happy days. I'll drop and rise oh, to see. Yes. You know why he said that on that part? Because when we see his face, we will, that the veil will be gone. <laughs> Woo! The veil's gone. Hallelujah. Faith will end inside on the other side. Praise God. Hallelujah. Bless his name. The veil's going to be gone, Brother Daddy, on the other side. I'll see his face. Hallelujah. I say bless the Lord. I could sing it all night, couldn't you? I'm telling you, he's just good, ain't he? Glory, hallelujah. I say bless the Lord. Bless his name. Let's sing that verse one more time. Hallelujah. Yes. Sweet hour of prayer. Hail from Mount Pisgah's lofty heights. I view my home and take my flight. Sing it, Yeah. Hey. 
Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye to last trump. He said, for this mortal shall put on immortality and this corruptible, well, this is corruptible, isn't it? It's so corruptible, shall it put on incorruption. He said, when this mortal shall it put on immortality and this corruptible shall it put on incorruption, then, shall be brought to pass the saying that is written. Oh, I'm telling you, when we look down, we're going to say, Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? They're coming up out of the grave. Mom and dad, sister and brother, they're coming up out of the grave. Oh, grave, where's your victory now? You've claimed so many of them. You brought so much sadness and sorrows and singing, amen. But oh, grave, on resurrection morning, where's your victory now? Where's it at, death? Where's it at, grave? Oh, he said, the strength of sin's a law, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, he's coming. 